Psalm 51 verse 17. The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. Everybody say a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. The next scripture is in Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 8. Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But empty himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in the human form, he humbled himself. Everybody say, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even death on the cross. Brokenness. It's one of the most incredible virtue that the Bible encourages us to pursue as believers. Brokenness and humility is one of the things that's been illustrated over and over and over again. And Jesus himself is the personification of true brokenness in that he was equal with God and yet he did not count himself equal with God. In other words, he didn't take his status as equal to God but being a servant. So he come to this world not just to live among us but to be the least of us. That is the personification of brokenness. And we won't talk about that today because brokenness is an incredible virtue. You learn that it is also one of the key to access many of the spiritual benefits that the Bible had, has, uh, the Bible says had given to us. You know, the Word of God says in Ephesians that all the spiritual blessings have been given to us. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to try to get it from God because on His grace you are righteous, and that in His righteousness they are all to you, available to you. And unfortunately. Most of us cannot realize it because we have no access. We don't know how to access it. Is there? It's like, for example, you know, if I give you an account, a million dollars in the account, and give you a bank card, and I say to you, you can withdraw as much as you want. You can spend all the millions you want. You got the card, and you go to the ATM. You stick a card in the ATM, and you don't have a passcode. Yes, the money is yours. Yes, now you have some kind of vessel, tools to 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 get the money, but you have no access. You have no passcode. You come here every Sunday morning, you learn how to access the different benefits in the kingdom of God, different keys to the spiritual benefits of the kingdom of God. And today, this is one of them. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Rick Cimitero here came, talk about another access is to be thankful. That's one of the access. Last week, we spoke about simplicity. But today, we want to talk about brokenness. Because within broke, when you are humble before the Lord, when you are broken before the Lord, you realize tremendous amount of spiritual benefits that are made available to you and I know this morning that many of you will be set free and some of you have been wondering you know you, you, you you've been waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life you've been praying believing giving and doing all kinds of stuff and and yet you have not experienced the promises that have been given to you by God and and you're saying why you're asking why why, why? perhaps today it's a day for you and that the key you learn will help unlock all the potential and promises that God had had, had ready for you and in store for you. You know, this, uh, this thing called brokenness is a virtue that has now been discovered by, by the secular world to be very powerful also. You know, if you're a subscriber to um, 
and a reader to uh, to this magazine called Harvard Business Review, and I, 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 you know, I'm, I still have a little bit of business in me, and so I still read some of the business magazine, and and very interested in 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 market and investment leadership and this sort of thing, and so I, I still, you know, some, once in a while, I still peek into those magazine and read those uh, review, and this is one of them, you know, Harvard Business Review. Um, if you've read them, you may come across one of the articles that speaks about the modern day leadership practices. That is absolutely critical and essential for any organization to succeed. And in fact, the opposite had caused the downfall of some of the major, some of the most, the biggest companies in the world. And uh, I'm going to tell you from my first experience um, that, you know, when I first graduated from university, I worked for the second largest computer company in the world. And that company was so influential in every country, every continent, you know, would use the computer system and so forth. And today, you wouldn't even know who they are if I mentioned the name. How do you go from that to nothing? And one of the key things the Harvard Business Review talk about is the management style. It was a top-down, dictatorship kind of hard, iron fist management that limits creativity, limits uh, uh, employees' morale. And so that kind of management is the opposite of brokenness. The article says that if you want your organization to be successful, you as a CEO and chairman, it has to start from you that you need to have the type of leadership that embrace humility and brokenness. And humility and brokenness... It's the key for your organization and company to uh, allow employees to become creative. They're not fearful anymore. They're not worried anymore. They're not counting down to you so that they can keep their job. In fact, they are free. They're able to have the creativity just blossom. And that you'll see the company in, 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 in the billions of dollars would continue to prosper, especially those high-tech ones, because the environment they're in is absolutely free because the CEO and the chairman had understood that they need to have humility to lead their people. And because of the humility at the top, the company was able to prosper. So even in the secular world, they realized that the most powerful form of leadership is a leadership with brokenness. Now, today I want to share with you several benefits of being broken or humble before the Lord. There's a lot of benefits, but because of time, I'm just going to share with you a few this morning. And you can go and do research yourself. The, the purpose, the hope that I have in me is that by the time we're done talking with each other this morning, actually I'm doing the most of the talking, but by the time I'm finished talking, you know, that you will be convinced that humility is essential in your life and that you will decide to walk in brokenness. It doesn't matter at what stage of your life you're in, that you will choose brokenness for yourself because it will unlock incredible blessings to you the first benefits is actually my favorite benefits you know it's called it's it's a benefits of rest if you turn with me to matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30th if you've been in this church long enough and you read my book you know that this is my favorite scripture one of my favorite anyways he said come to me jesus say come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will what 
I will give you rest. So the call of humanity is the call to rest. And then he went on and explained how he's going to give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And what is the yoke? What is it that we learn from him? He said, take my yoke from me, the next verse, and learn from me for I am what? Come on, everybody say that. I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, if you learn from me, that I'm gentle and humble in heart, you will what? Come on, you will find rest for your souls. One of the key to get into rest is brokenness. Humility and brokenness is one of the key to allow you to walk in rest. When you are broken and humble before God, you'll find yourself very restful. You know, how does brokenness and humility how do brokenness and humility bring rest? Well, for one thing, when you are broken, you don't care about what people think of you. You no longer care about what people think of you. You have no reputation to defend. You have nothing to protect. You don't need to pretend anymore because pretending is very exhausting. You know, I'll tell you this, as a, as, as a, as a, as a 50-year-old man, I, I remember when I was younger, teenagers, you know, teenagers years, man, I tell you, I tried to pretend to be something that I wasn't. And it was costly and exhausting. Because when you put up an image, you always have to keep that image up. And it is very costly and exhausting to keep the image up. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how, how do you keep it up without having a breakdown? There are people that are trying to live in an image that is not them. The reason is because they are concerned and worried that they would be rejected if people found out who they are. They are concerned and worried that people will not accept them and they will be alone. And so they put up a facade to let people see who they are. It's who they want them to see and and but the truth of the matter is that it's not who they are and it's so hard to put a mask on day in and day out and it's very costly too sometimes you know you will put, you want to put up a if, when you have to put on facade it costs you you know I was sharing a story this morning about a legal secretary that uh, that uh, that I heard a story of a legal secretary who was making really good money in one of the biggest law firm um, uh, uh, that, that we know of and and this legal secretary and she was making good money but she was bankrupt she she was broke and she was in front of this financial counselor and this financial counselor asked you know how much you're making and what it is you spend you know what they do is they itemize your spending right to help you to 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 manage your budget you know they itemize your spending and then discover that she spent a few thousand dollars every quarter on new wardrobe and the reason she had to do that was because she said, you know, I, I work in a, one of the top law firms in this nation and, and, uh, and, and there's a certain image I have to keep up. And so the financial counselor said to her, you know, is it, is it the requirement of your law firm that you keep up this certain image? He said, oh, no, 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 it's not. Because the reason he, he, the financial counselor asked that was because the financial counselor said, if this is part of your job, then the company will have to pay for it. And if the companies are paying for it, you should at least be able to write it off. But it has to be part of the policy of the company for you to write it off. <clears throat> she said, no, 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 it's not. It's just I feel, that's the key word, right? I feel like I need to keep up a certain image because they're all the top lawyers there. I feel like if I don't dress up properly the way that they want me to dress up, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to be accepted by my colleagues. On and on and on and on. 
Now, if you're in sales, especially, you know, I remember when I used to sell live insurance. I tried it for a year and a half, almost two years, didn't work. And uh, so, uh, you know, you, you sell life insurance, you, you're on commission 100%. And um, if you sell whole life, you get a lot of money. And you sell term life, you get very little. But, you know, you sell, sell, I, I just don't have what it takes. I can't do it with a straight face. I really couldn't. But, you know, one of the things they talk about is to dress for success. And they say to you that, you know, you need to come across to be extremely successful, even though you may be broke, but that's okay. You fake it until you make it. So you want to dress successfully so people will have the confidence to buy the financial products from you because they don't want to buy product from people that are not successful. So you have to put up an image. So I remember, you know, like living on commission is pretty hard. And um, you don't have the money in my bank, you know, borrow money from credit cards. And you hear the story, you heard the story, right? You use one credit card to pay for another credit card. Man, that was a, that was a hard life. And then I keep up with this nice car I have, you know, and, and just, just keep up a facade. I tell you, it was so exhausting. It's so costly. I was full of anxiety and anxiousness, worried that any day now, I'm going to be found out. That I was not successful. I'm not as cool as I pretend to be. But you know, friends, when I come to the place of absolute brokenness, the Lord set me free. Because now I know I get my approval from my Father. And I know that He approves of me every single day. Not because of what I've done, but because of His righteousness and His grace. And when I found that freedom that I don't have to be I don't have to put up anything anymore. They say, you know, when I'm comfortable with my own skin. You know, I, I don't know what that means, but I'll tell you this. My skin now is covered with the blood of Jesus. It's really awesome. And when I'm comfortable, I don't have to put it up anymore. I come to a total rest. For one thing, I actually don't care what people think of me anymore. I don't care about their opinion of my life. I don't care about, you know, what they think. I don't have to sell any more life insurance. Shaka. It was really hard. It was fish and famine, man. It was hard. And so, you know, and when I come to the place of realization that I don't need to please anyone anymore, it was a total rest. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I could rest. I could rest before the Lord. I don't have to pretend anymore. So pretension is very exhausting. And uh, so I want to encourage you, when you come to the place of brokenness, you don't need to pretend anymore but then many many benefits for you when you find brokenness the second thing is you know actually the same but the first one almost the same is you are saved from humiliation and shame in Luke chapter 14 uh, verse 18 verse 8 to 11 here Jesus spoke about a parable he said when someone invites you to a wedding feast do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. Next verse. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the less important place. Next verse. But when you're invited, this is what you do. Stay broken. Take the lowest place. Everybody say, take the lowest place. Take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, 
move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. Last verse. For those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the point here Jesus is making is that another benefit of brokenness is that He will lift you up. But the point I'm trying to make is this, is that when you are broken before God, you will save yourself from shame and humiliation. You save yourself from shame and humiliation. You know, shame and humiliation is not what people say of you or think of you. It's what you feel other people are thinking of you or saying of you. So I was telling, I was, um, I was, uh, I was talking to a pastor who recently had uh, uh, his church split into many ways, and he had a he had a he had church of about 150 people, and and then about you know most of them left. They'll have 60 people left, and. He was really in a broken season in his life, and it was really broken. So I was talking to him and just trying to see what's going on and try to comfort him, you know, being a fellow pastor in the city, you know, we know how it's like. And, and then he said to me, he said to me something that's really, really powerful that had just impacted me a lot. He said, you know, Pastor Paul, you know, I have discovered one of the safest places to be in life. I said, what is it? What is it? He said, when you're at the bottom, when you're in a basement, and you fall, it doesn't hurt. And he said this, a lot of times we place a heart at an exalted place. And when things do not work out and we fall in disappointment, it was, it would be so, it becomes, it, it is, when it falls, it, 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 be, it becomes very hurtful, more painful than is necessary. So when your heart is in a lofty place, if you place your heart in a lofty place, he's actually using ladders. His analogy was a ladder. He said, you know, there are many rungs in the ladder. I have myself always my heart at the bottom of the rung. Because if I fall off the rung in the basement, I don't get hurt. But if I, if I place my heart all the way to the top of the ladder and I fall, it will hurt very much. And he said, I have learned the place of brokenness is a place of safety and I tell you if you ever want to be safe from being humiliated from being 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 shame stay in the place of brokenness because God is going to exalt you you don't need to worry about what people think you don't need to assert yourself you don't need to promote yourself you don't need to try to coerce yourself manipulate yourself around and try to get the honor yourself because if you do you have to protect it and it's very exhausting to protect the honor that you earn yourself let god exalt you let your heart always in good times and bad times stay at the lowest rung stay humble stay broken even when you're very successful the number third the third benefits is in psalm again 51 verse 17. the word of god says the sacrifices of god are broken we read that just now a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart of god you will not despise the next scripture says about the same thing in in uh, james chapter 4 verse 6 god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble do you know what these two scriptures tell me these two scriptures tell me that our god is attracted to a broken heart he's attracted to a contrite spirit i want to tell you this 
I don't know if you ever experienced losing some loved one, someone you love a lot, or you've gone through some tremendous tragedy in your life, you know, some tragic moment in your life. I don't know if you ever have that experience. I have the, those experiences of losing my loved ones, you know, a few times recently. And I remember one time I was sitting in the presence of God, you know, I was so heartbroken. And I just, the pain was so, so intense. That there's no words to explain my, my pain. I, I was like, this is a funny feeling. I don't know how to put words. You know, and so I come to the Lord and I started to cry out to God. Boom, immediately the presence of God just came into the room and just filled the room. You know, if you've ever been in a place, a tragic situation or broken situation, you'll find that the presence of God is very readily available. And that's why I want to encourage you, don't wait until a tragic moment to arrive so that you can experience the presence of God. Keep your heart broken, keep your heart humble before the Lord, and you will sense the presence of God all the time in your life. And that's the reason why I want to encourage you when you come to the worship service, come with a broken heart. Don't come with a critical spirit. I was sharing with the leaders this morning, you know, we have a consumer culture in our culture today. Our culture today is a, is a consumer kind of culture. We have a consumer mindset in everything that we do including going to church what that means is that we walk into the church the first thing is we try to size up the church we try to decide if they're good enough in their worship good enough in their song good enough in their, in the, in the music good enough in their singers good enough in the pastoring and good enough this and the other thing we want to do good we want to do well as a church but as worshiper when we walk into the place we're full of criticism and cynicism we will never sense and experience the presence of God because God can only be revealing himself to you in a broken heart if you don't have the broken heart, you can't see him. And when your heart is absolutely broken, oh, it's easy to just enter into the presence of God. But if your heart is not broken, somebody beside you could be weeping and crying, oh, I could, I could feel God. I could I see Jesus face to face. And you'd be standing and go, eh, whatever. We have to guard our heart from a critical spirit because it comes from pride. That come from the consumer mindset of wanting to criticize everything. I want to encourage you, friends. Do you realize that when your heart is broken, I could be standing here with a guitar by myself and leading worship. You would still be able to see God face to face. Are you here this morning? But if your heart is not broken, it doesn't matter what we do. I can do cartwheels here. It wouldn't even move you. But I want to encourage you. You know, you come to church every Sunday. One of your desire is to see God. I hope that's your desire. I hope it's not desire to, 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 to clock in or, or, or have, a, uh, uh, have somebody to see you or, 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 or just to please God or to do, do whatever religious thing that you think you're doing. I hope your desire is, God, I want to see you face to face. I got to see you today. I need you to touch me today. I hope your desire is that, God, I want, to, I want to experience your glory. Well, if that's your desire, the key to enter into his presence is brokenness of heart. When your heart is broken, it's so easy to enter into his presence. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was telling someone, uh, I was telling the first congregation this morning of, of a pastor that used to train me. And uh, he, he, um, he was one of the most incredible uh, speakers. And he was sharing a story about when he was younger, he was trained by a quite well-known minister. 
and this well-known minister he, he 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 was an amazing speaker good communicator you know people listened to him and so this young man when he was asked the first time to to preach um, with his mentor sitting that he was very afraid and very concerned and, and he he was so shy and he he was never you know he couldn't even lift him his head up and and look at the audience because he was so embarrassed and and so he had all his notes you know like 20 pages of notes he was just going to read of all his notes you know and he couldn't even lift his head and then at, at, uh, at, while he was preaching for, for a moment, he, he, he worked up a courage to lift up his head and just look at his mentor. And he saw his mentor was just weeping and crying. And he was thinking to himself, the first thing that crossed his mind was, I guess I'm a terrible speaker. He's feeling so sorry for me now that he's crying for me. But, you know, at the end of the service, he asked his mentor. His mentor says, you know, young man, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I heard God through you. And he later on learned what that meant. He later on learned that when you are broken before God, a child could stand up here and preach. You could still hear God. So brokenness is key for us to draw close to your creator. The fourth benefits is taken from this story that is found in Mark 14, verse 3. I don't have time to read it. I'm going to tell you the story. In Mark chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus was about to be crucified, and he was in Bethany. He was in the house of Simon the leper, and, and he was eating with all the different people, and, and all of a sudden came in Mary with the alabaster of, of ointment, perfume, if you may, that, that, that jar was so expensive. It, the, John chapter 12, 12 tells us that it, it cost her a year of wages for her. And what, interesting, what, what, what was interesting was that when she brought it to Jesus, she didn't lay it down at Jesus' feet. She broke it. And when she broke it, the fragrance came out and filled the entire room. The worship was for Jesus, but the entire room got benefited from it. You know, a number of years ago, there was this uh, gentleman in our church. that He was very talented and gifted in music. He had a PhD in music. I always admire his ability. Just, just so brilliant, so smart. And um, he was really frustrated with his life because he couldn't get anywhere far in his career. He tried the Toronto Symphony, the uh, Toronto Symphony or whatever. He tried different symphonies in the city to, to audition, to play uh, uh, an instrument. And nobody would take him. He felt like he was being rejected over and over again. And he thought he would go to different churches to maybe, maybe, maybe perform, but no church would invite him. He said, I have all this talent and gifting. I just don't know what's wrong. I don't know what is going on. I'm frustrated. He was so frustrated. And this is what I said to him using this chapter, this story. I said to him, brother, do you know that all the anointing and deposits that God had deposited in you, they are real and they're still there? Do you know that in you are all the potential to fulfill all the dreams that God had placed in your heart for your ministry? But you know that all this amazing deposit, as beautiful 
as it is, as, as beautiful as they are, they're still in that vessel that is not broken. The only way that you're going to allow that ves that the vessel to release those fragrance of worship that will become huge blessings to people around you is when you have to break the vessel that carries that anointing. That, I say, would be you, brother. You are the vessel that carried this anointing, that carried this deposit, and it cannot come out. And you don't know why. I'm telling you now why. The reason is because it's still in a jar, well kept, all sealed up. What you need to do, my brother, is to be broken. When you break it, oh, that worship that you give unto the Lord will become a sweet aroma to everyone around you. People will smell it. It's going to be beautiful. It's costly. It's going to cost you. But when you break it, It'd be very beautiful. Sitting here this morning, many of you are probably thinking to yourself, man, many people have prophesied great things over my life. I know I have potential that is beyond where I'm at. I know that, I know that God had promised that I'm going to be, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to succeed and, and, and I'm, go, I'm going to go far. I know God had promised in my spirit. I know it in my heart has been confirmed by other prophecies that, you know, God is going to bring, bring me to a place of great influence. I know that. I know I have the anointing. I know I have the gifts. I know I have the talents, but I'm stuck here. And the reason you're stuck here is because that vessel which is you needs to be broken unless it's broken nothing will come out and you always just stay in a jar and be kept on a shelf do you want to be used by God do you want to reach the place where your potential is and and all the potential that God had deposited in you do you want that potential to be realized well my brothers and sisters would you consider become broken this morning would you say to God break me you know a lot of times we are worried about being broken by the Lord every time we pray, pray, pray you can go ahead and start playing every time when we we pray the prayer we thought the worst we have the worst case scenario in our head I remember I was praying that the other day you know just I, I always pray this say I always say God you know would you have your way I don't care anymore. Have your way. And then I start thinking about the worst case scenario. I'll go bankrupt. I live on the street, you know. But even so, Lord, have your way. And the Holy Spirit stopped me right there. Son, are you think I, do you think I'm a monster? I say, what do you mean? Why do people always think of the worst case scenario when they surrender their lives to me? Why do people always think I'm a bad God? That when they are broken and surrendered their lives to me, I'm going to mock it and just to have fun out of it. We always have that thinking, Lord, I want to surrender everything to you. And then we're thinking of the worst case scenario. I want you to shift your thinking this morning. When you're broken before the Lord, trust that He's a good God. Trust that He's going to be good to you. And yes, you're going to go through, may go through a season of pain or whatever, but that He's going to be good to you. He's not a bad and mean God. He's not a God that when you give Him all the freedom to do whatever He wants, He's going to wreck your life. That's the narrative from hell. 
When you say, God, I'm going to surrender to you, I know that He's going to take this life of yours that is not the greatest. He's going to turn it into something much better beyond your wildest imagination. But you must submit and surrender to Him. It is in your brokenness that the fragrance that God has deposited in you will flow out beautifully to bless other people. Two more. In Proverbs 1533, I can't seem to be able to talk this morning. Proverbs 1533 says, The fear of the Lord is an instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. If you feel that no one respects you, if you feel like you don't, you don't have respect in your workplace, you don't have respect in church, you don't have respect in your home, you don't have respect from people, you feel like you lack honor in your life, friends, may I suggest that you look into the humility department. Because honor must always be preceded by humility. If there's no humility, then the all, whatever honor that you have is the honor that you coerce other people or manipulate other people or, 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 or just, just work hard to get on your own. And if you get your own honor, like I said earlier, you're going to have to defend it for the rest of your life. It's exhausting. It takes a lot of energy and you can't rest. But friends, if you want God to honor you, when He honors you, nobody can take away that honor. No one. And in order for God to honor you, He's demanding you first be humble and broken. Because He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. The last one is, brokenness brings wisdom. Proverbs 11 verse 2. When pride comes, comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. You want, you want wisdom in your life? Have you ever realized, have you ever felt that, you know, you don't have enough wisdom to make good decisions and you've always been making lousy decisions and you want to change that in 2020? Yeah, we're thinking about 2020. If you want to change that, friends, may I suggest humility? Because when you have humility, you will find yourself great wisdom. For one thing, you're going to ask questions. You're going to be humble enough to ask people questions. You will not be too proud to ask questions. Even the simplest question in life. I, one of the brothers in the church, he always called me about all the little different questions. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's too much. But you know, I appreciate that. He's willing to ask questions, spiritual questions, Financial, I know different questions. Always ask. And so he's, I consider him to be one of the smartest person on this planet. Because he's doing really well now. He's succeeding really well. God has opened door and promoted him very, very quickly. But he always asks questions. You can't ask questions if you don't have humility. You'd be too proud to ask questions. What would people think of me if I asked this question? My friends, I pray that as we conclude this service, that you will make a decision from this point onward. You will say to, Lord, to the Lord, God, I will live a broken life.